Welcome to the Tea Podcast, bringing you the best in news, entertainment, celebrity gossip, social commentary, humor, and LGBTQ lifestyle. This podcast is part of the Urban Wire Media Network, where we shine the light on issues impacting the urban community. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, and Stitcher. C Street LLC is a decadent sweet shop that creates exquisite desserts for any occasion. Whether it be for an anniversary, birthday, special event, etc., C Street has you covered. C Street LLC uses the most freshest items and the best chocolates, caramels, and products in the world. Every bite of C Street will leave you wanting more. She's located on the west side of Indianapolis and you can connect with her on social media. She's on Facebook and she's on Instagram. Reach out to her via email at cstreets38 at gmail.com or you can contact her at 317-664-2609. All right, welcome to the Tea Podcast Episode 8. Today we're going to talk about a myriad of topics. We're going to talk about the monkey pox, and we're going to dispel some myths about that. Um, we're going to talk about um, what's going on in the news as far as gay rights are concerned. There's a lot of legislation that's taking place. 
that is impacting the LGBT community. We're going to give you a bit of, little bit of um, entertainment as well. We're going to talk about Beyonce. Uh, for those of you that don't know, she just released her long-awaited album, so we're going to talk about that and some of the controversy be- behind that album. Also, we're going to give you a little bit of information um, pertaining to, um, I did talk about monkeypox, but um, we're going to talk about a pastor as well that's been in the blogs, a controversial pastor. Uh, Some of you may know who he is. He's called um, Pastor Whitehead. And last Sunday, he was allegedly, and I'm putting that in quotes because there's some controversy behind that. His church was robbed at gunpoint. We're going to break that story down, and um, we're going to talk about some of the um, contradictions in what he said versus what um, a lot of people are saying, and plus his past is also came up in question in reference to that. So with that being said, we're going to um, introduce our panel as always. We have the lovely Mr. Ethan over here to my left. Miss Ethan, how are you today? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. We want to thank you again for showing back up. We didn't scare you off last time, did we? Oh, no, not at all. I am so excited to be back. I'm so excited. (laughs) So what's been going on with you? Has life been treating you pretty well? Life's been okay. You know, going about the day-to-day life of an American citizen, just working hard and paying my bills. So (laughs) not too much, not too exciting, but, you know, I get my downtime and time with spend with my friends like I'm doing now, so... (laughs) <laughs> yes, that's wonderful. And to the left is my no to my right girl. Let me let me get get my um, basic <laughs> preschool stuff together. Um, is Mr. Jonathan? That's my baby right here. Hello, Jonathan. How are you today? I am fat and sassy. <laughs> Ooh, fat and sassy. Mm. So how how have you been doing? Uh, I've been doing wonderful. Wonderful. I actually got over some sickness that I got a week ago, and now I'm playing catch up on trying to. Uh, the fun as we have last week, I'm now having this week. Awesome, okay. awesome. Well, we have a lot to discuss tonight. Um, I guess I will start off with you guys. I already um, told them um, what we're going to discuss, but um, I didn't know if you wanted to go first, Ethan or Jonathan, or who, whoever wants who wanted to discuss what they wanted to discuss. Ethan? Oh, oh okay. Well, I, there was a story that I was going to tell that happened to me recently um, with one of my, well, now ex-friends. We used to work together a long time ago, and we've had disagreements on social media before, and this uh, this one that just came up out of, well, it didn't really come out come up out of the blue. I've been following a lot of her uh, of her posts on her uh, her Facebook, just, you know, being very, you know, homophobic and, and bigoted uh, posts that she's posted, and I've, you know, su- very subtly, you know, made her uh, subject of her own, you know, wrongdoing, I guess, to her, because a lot of uh, oh the people that are friends with her on her page agree with, you know, the things that she does and things that she posts, but she claims uh, outside of that to be very accepting and very, you know, uh, with some topics very neutral on, but, you know, on the other side of it, here she is, like, posting and supporting things that are harmful and misleading and just... Um, and in the end, uh, the thing that really shocked me is she invoked her religion into it, mm. you know, when I, uh, uh, when I called her out on it. And of course, you know, I'm, I have no problem doing that publicly. You know, I've, I've privately messaged her about things and she's wanted to have, uh, healthy discussions with me. And I, 
you know, I, I, I this particular thing, uh, which you know, uh, was about uh, the overturning of Roe Ro versus Wade, um, and then more and more, you know, we see more and more of these, uh, you know, companies and places of of work that you know are supporting their employees by giving them, you know, financial aid if they need, you know, to go and seek their health for the reproduction, whether that be abortion or what have you. Um, and this particular post that she posted, um, I guess, you know, the bank that she banks with and the place where the places where she shops, um, have come out in support of helping these employees get health, you know, health coverage for their reproduct reproduction and stuff like, so she's, she's basically said that she needs to find a new place to bank. She needs to find a new place to shop and she needs to find, replacements for all these things that she and so I just I I went on there and I told her I you know this is very petty I just told her I said petty you know I did you know I was being a little catty and I put a wink face but um (laughs) she basically uh took that as an opportunity to uh completely blow up at me telling me that you know I was you know using me as a subject like you know it's not wrong when I speak out against something but when she does you know she's wrong for it and things like that and I'm Mm. like well you know, considering the fact that, you know, you claim to be, you know, she, she said she was sick and tired of being made a subject for, you know, call, people calling her a bigot and a homophobe and all this stuff. It's like, no, you're, the stuff that you post on your page says that about you. Mm-hmm. You know, when you say that you're accepting, but you post things that are harmful, you know, to members of my community and, and so on, you know, that's hypocrisy. That's exact. That's the definition of hypocrisy. And so I just, I told her, I said, I don't, you know, she, she claimed to know me and I'm like, I don't, you don't know me and I don't know you. I apparently anymore. So, you know, we, maybe we should move forward not being friends anymore. So I, that was, that was me inviting her to do that. And I mean, I don't know. I, I feel, I felt very, um, it was, it was uplifting for me just because I was going on the defense for not just for myself, but for, you know, members of my community and, you know, just reflecting on the fact that she's, you know, posting all the stuff that's extremely harmful and misleading and, you know, misinformation and all this stuff. So, um, I don't know, just very, very hateful. She's, and I didn't know that about her. And that's for me, that's the sad part. You know, you think that you know somebody Mm. and then it's not, it wasn't until recently that you find out that it's, you know, they're supporting all these things that are extremely harmful. And, um, you know, and then in the end, you know, when, when, we officially ended things is when she went on posted something else mm-hmm. on her page. And then she starts talking about how people are turning away from, from the light of God and it's very sad and all this stuff. And, you know, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little, I'm fired up now, but <laughs> it's, it was, it was very sad. I remember seeing a meme recently and this is just after um, abortion, the abortion decision was decided that, um, What's that one show on Hulu? Um, More detail. <laughs> has Elizabeth Moss in the red garb. Oh, oh, uh, The Handmaid's Tale. Handmaid's Tale. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> so there's a picture of her and a soldier in all its garb. And it says on the soldier's side, but we can still be friends. We may disagree, but we can still be friends is, is essentially what it's saying. Oh, I didn't see that. And... Wow. I've seen that recently 
in a lot of coworkers that, you know, a lot of us have very, very strong opinions about the abortion ruling. And we have a lot to say. And I mean, I, I get it that there are some people that are against it. Okay, fine, whatever. But this is having a very, very strong effect amongst the states where they are, especially here in Indiana, where they have the Senate, the state Senate has just um, pretty much passed a total abortion ban. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it all goes back to, well, we can still be friends. Can we? Can we really still be friends when, you know, I mean, you'd rather see this other person if, dead if for what they did? Yeah. Rape has been raped or if they have been, um, raped by their, you know, a, a sister or their brother, they, mm-hmm. um, or if, if, if the mother's life is in danger and we are, the state of Indiana is going to criminalize, um, abortion and <laughs> we are literally turning back the clock mm-hmm. on a lot of things so that equates to all three of us gay men where the supreme court can still roll back mm-hmm. our rights as well and if I still hear someone that says, well, we, have, we can still be friends. No, we cannot. Mm-hmm. Because you are essentially against me. Yeah. You're voting for p- these people who are against, you know, who want to take our rights away. Or you're, vo- yes. you're in favor of, you know, so, so somebody who, you know, doesn't think that, you know, we should exist at all. That's right. Like, that's, it, that you, you don't love me. You don't appreciate me. You're not my friend. That's, yes. You're hurting me. That's all. That, yeah. Um, and I think that one of the other things that your uh, people don't know about um, the abortion when you're talking about family members, I was that remember that ten ten year old girl and what was it in Ohio? Was yes, it? that's right. That you know was raped by one of her family members and became pregnant. And there are people who want her to have that baby, going through that psychological torture. Like she doesn't know what's happening to her. She's ten. Like and for that for anybody who believes that 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 is okay, it, there's something wrong with you. Like, do you feel that um, the entire abortion um, argument? Do you think that there is an underlying underlying agenda attached to that? Because I yes. think it's, it's it's greater than abortion. So, what do you think is could possibly be the underlying agenda behind that? Um, I've always thought that there were shadow organizations, especially in the Christian right, mm. that are wanting to make this country a theocracy. Like Hammy's Tale. <laughs> and um, those people like Mike Pence and others are really leading the charge to turn this nation into something in their image. To what they have interpreted as their God-given right, mm-hmm. taking away that separation of church and state as we're supposed to have, uh, just dissolving it as we speak. Yes. Mm. Wow, that's very interesting. Um, 
We want to thank you for bringing that up. Um, it's unfortunate that um, you had to go through that. But I guess the, the bigger question that I have is, like, sometimes you walk a fine line, especially you know people are going to always have differences of opinion as far as political ideology and just um, general beliefs. But where do you draw that line to where, okay, I know we have a difference of beliefs, but I'll personally say where I draw the line is, is like when, when you're – when you're taking a stand or you're aligning your beliefs with something that um, go against who I am as a person. Like, um, I feel like, you know, to me, I think political ideology and stuff like that, that's that's one thing. But when you are aligning yourself with um, people or uh, political, you know, ideologies that go against me as a human being, like say for instance that you're you're aligning yourself with candidates that are against me as a gay male or a black male or a person of color, um, just to you know just to keep it broadened, um, I feel like that there that's a problem because you're not going to sit here and say that you support me and that you're um, for me and for my rights as a basic human being and you're aligning yourself with people that right. go against who I am as a you know, as my core being. So that's how I feel about that. Um, it's, it's sad that now, you know, that a lot of these, uh, a lot of friendships are ending behind this, but I really think that it's a good thing too, because people are really showing themselves and they're really um, exposing themselves for who they really are. So yes. I, I think that it's not always a bad thing, although it can be a hurtful thing. Um, it is a good thing because you really need to know where people stand and you can't take for granted that people around you, it's it's always like, especially with gay men, it's like a lot of people use us. They, they, it's either they use us as an accessory, they use us as, I mean, they just they just bite off of our culture all the time. But at the core of everything, they really are against us. So I'd rather know where someone stands versus the, in someone being fake and and fraudulent and smiling in my face. And I know that you're totally against who I am as a human being. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know. So I, I really think that was a good thing that you brought up because I think a lot of um, gay people deal with that, you know? Um, so yeah. Still. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's one thing to discuss the validity of <clears throat> tax cuts or policy when it comes to, foreign issues in Afghanistan or Iraq or Ukraine, but when it comes to just us in general, just as people, that, you know, do I have a right to exist? Do I have the right to hold my lover's hand going down the street without any kind of someone just shouting out fag mm. or someone trying mm. to beat us up mm. that has happened in the past? I just I don't I don't know how to to explain it to somebody who has never gone through that type of experience and to get them to you know just imagine what it would be like for us to just you know to go so so far backward potentially go so far backwards to live in that time again mm -hmm. where we just walk out on the street and because of what we what we're wearing and what we look and what we you know accessorize with 
identifies us in a public setting for us to be put in a potential harmful situation is just mind blowing. Yes. It's, it's scary. And, you know, people who, you know, deny that and say, Oh, you have nothing to worry about. They don't know. They have no idea. And it's ignorant. Mm -hmm. And the, the audacity that these people can just say that, you know, I have my, a right to my opinion and you have a right to yours. It's like, well, yeah, I, I guess so. But like your, your opinions are misleading because you refuse to listen to the truth like this. We live this. This is something that we, you know, we could be killed for if certain things transpire the way that at least what I've heard, you know, you know, certain states that, you know, are wanting to put legislation in place to make it criminal for us to be who we are again. Yeah, it's just... It's kind of terrifying. It's terrifying, yes. I mean, it's taken how many how many years to really gain the acceptance of yeah. the general public? Mm-hmm. And even with a lot of people like identifying as LGBT, that's starting to go up. Yeah. And now it could possibly be reversed. They're, where they're labeled as not people at all. Yeah. Like, it's... Mm-hmm. It boggles my mind how people think that they could control, I don't to control uh, our, us as a community and define us when we define us. Agreed. Like, I'm just at a loss for words at yeah. this point. I totally understand. Oh, wow, good conversation. Um, we're gonna move along. Um, we're gonna talk about something that has recently been hitting the headlines. And um, it's very, very um, important that you guys um, are aware about this. It's about the smallpox. Um, I wouldn't say, I don't know if I would call it a pandemic at M- this monkey point. Pox. Monkey pox. Not Sorry. smallpox. Goodness. Go ahead. That's what it's, <laughs> that's what it's, uh, it's a family of the. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. So um, monkey pox is, uh, is, is growing in numbers right now. Um, globally, we're starting to see a rise in um, numbers as far as, um, this is concerned, especially here in the United States. There has been a lot of misinformation being um, presented to the public about smallpox, and we wanted to we wanted to talk about that tonight because there's a lot of stories behind that. Um, we're going to probably dispel some of those those uh, myths tonight. That's what I really want to do, and then we're going to also talk about how there's health disparities and there's. Uh, things behind that in the LGBT community, a lot of misinformation that's being um, put out there about monkeypox and how it correlates to the gay community when really this is an, um, a virus that is rapidly growing and it's, it's, it's impacting all segments of society. So I wanted to talk about that. Um, some of the miscon- misconceptions that are out there is one that it is something that primarily impacts the LGBT community, particularly um, gay men. And that is not, um, that is not true. Honestly, uh, monkeypox is a um, virus that has been around for a long time. This is nothing new. It's not the new, uh, what do we call it? It's not the new COVID-19. And this is something that um, I feel that the Biden administration, they need to really jump on top of this in educating this because we don't want this to blow out of proportion like COVID-19 did. 
So I think that this is something that they don't need to push off and just say, well, this is impacting a smaller um, demographic group. And the same thing happened with HIV. We know back in the early 80s, 81, 82, um, what we know of now um, as being HIV AIDS was originally coined, it was coined GRID, and it was like gay-related. And people just brushed it off. Nobody really cared. Um, and it was something that they just they just felt that, well, this is something that impacts gay men, the gay community, so we don't really care. But they really didn't care until they started to see that this was something that was impacting their community too. So I don't want this to be a repeat of that to where we have something that's out of control, that's spreading. That's and right. it's, it's, yeah, because I, I just don't, I, I just don't want to see that. So I think that's one of the misconceptions that are out there right now, that this is something that primarily impacts the uh, LGBT community. And I'm, I want to go to an article. I'm going to pull this article up and it discusses some of the misconceptions that are out there about uh, monkeys pox. And I just had it, so I'm going to have to just pull that back up. Here we go. This article is coming um, from wellandgood.com. And this is six myths about the monkey pox. Doctors need you to know and, and some of the things that you need to stop believing. Uh, I'm going to read a portion of this. I'm just going to highlight some of the key points in this article. Um, it starts off by saying, you're not alone if you're alarmed by the headlines about monkeypox, a rare infectious disease in the, in the smallpox virus family. The recently documented cases have left many of us questions with questions and considerable amount of misinformation to sort through. First, let's talk about the basics. Monkeypox spreads from animals to humans through direct contact with blood and bodily fluids from infected animals, according to the World Health Organization. However, it can be spread amongst humans through skin-to-skin contact with an infected inhalation of an infected person's respiratory um, droplets for a long period of time in contact with materials that are contaminated by an infected person, like bedding and clothing. So I want to jump into some of the misconceptions or some of the myths about monkeypox. Um, like I mentioned, monkeypox is a new virus. That is false. Um, this has been a virus, according to this article, that um, was first documented back in 1958. And it was um, documented during research of monkeys, hence the name. And in 1970, the cases amongst humans were discovered in the Democratic Republic of Congo and have been con- concentrated in the Central and West African countries like Cameroon, Central, Central Africa, um, Gabon, Liberia, Nigeria, and Sierra Leone. There have also been occasional, occasional cases in Israel, Singapore, the United Kingdom, and the United States. So this has been something that has been um, plaguing several countries um, internationally for years. Another myth that we want to debunk is monkeypox is a sexually transmitted infection, and this is false. Even though it's commonly spread through um, contact, close contact with an infected individual, monkeypox is not an STI. Sex is just an example of close skin-to-skin contact. 
So we wanted to um, dispel that information or, or that that um, that myth that's out there. Um, another reason why monkeypox has been associated with STIs is because monkeypox symptoms can appear on the genitals. As a result, the CDC is asking STI clinics across the country to pay attention to their patient symptoms and watch out for new cases. However, the virus is not considered an STI. Number three, monkeypox only affects gay and bisexual men. This is false. The documented cases that we have seen have spread via international travel, two documented um, raves, and other situations that involve close skin-to-skin contact like sex. But remember, monkeypox is not an STI. Dr. Asumadun says this can... Um, Anyone could potentially contract this virus. Number four, monkeypox is the next COVID-19, which is, is false. Yes, monkeypox is concerning, but it's very different from COVID-19 in many ways. First, it is not a respiratory illness. It spreads through close contact with infect, infected individuals um, and particles, according to who? While it can be spread by in inhaling respiratory droplets from an infected person, it is not a disease that attacks the respiratory system, system like COVID-19. Number five, monkeypox only affects people in African countries, which is false, which we already know because it's spreading globally. So, um, And number six, it's ridiculous to worry about mon monkeypox. False. The monkeypox virus does not resemble the features of COVID-19. However, some people have noticed a dismissive reaction that mirrors the way that some people once talked about COVID-19. The truth is that it's okay to be worried about these cases. Staying informed about these cases, the nature of the spread, and the communities that it is impacting is the best way to protect yourself. So that pretty much wraps up that that article. So the takeaways that we can um that we that we can take away from that article is that this is something that we need to be concerned about. This is something that impacts all groups of people and this is something that um we can we can prevent through education. Um there are now um um vaccinations that are available. So we just need to be aware and get ourselves educated and, and stop just believing everything that you hear. It's up to us to, to educate ourselves and become informed about things because what I don't want to happen is that people feel like they don't have to be worried about this virus um, that is only impacting a certain community of people. And then we look up and this becomes a whole nother thing. I mean, although it's not like COVID-19, it is similar because if we do ignore ignore this it does have the ability to spread so you do not want to be um, a victim of this it's very painful from what i'm hearing um it's, it's very serious and i was reading somewhere that there has been an official um someone that i think it was in a, a european country i can't remember the name of the country right right off the top of my head but i was reading that there has been a confirmed death behind monkey's pox so we don't want to take this lightly. No, we don't. We need everyone to um, be aware and uh, just protect yourself and other people. So that's my biggest takeaways from it.
So, um, <clears throat> I think in terms of misinformation that we need to be vigilant in terms of um, counteracting misinformation, especially by the likes of Tucker Carlson and oh certain members of Congress. Marjorie Taylor Greene um, is a prime example of someone who is um, spreading misinformation. Um, and I remember seeing a um, an article recent, recently how she is asking and <laughs> just <laughs> I mean I can't even believe this is even being discussed you know on the House of Representatives floor that she's wondering how children are getting monkeypox if it's strictly a STI oh how she has been promoting it this one was likes, a joke she through the likes of Fox News mm. One American News which also should be um One American's like Fox on steroids oh yeah it's definitely horrible. oh my god and there are people especially in Indiana that listen to this I mean they they literally eat this crap with a spoon and it's really um, shocking. I mean, I shouldn't be shocked at this, but I have heard people tell me that this is um, this is this is just done by gay men only. Mm. And and of course, it would be sources like that that would it would be claim sources like that. Things. But the thing is, this is in my own. This is not in my work realm in terms of my through with my own coworkers, mm-hmm. but through you know other various people out in the community and it's very um it's very disturbing yeah just hearing those hearing the names when you started (laughs) just tucker and oh my god it just gives me hives yeah (laughs) just to think that they're still making and producing mis this misinformation is just it's scary yeah it is scary and what's and, and what's so crazy is like you know you have a lot of cities now that are um, declaring a state of emergency. You have um, cities like New York and San Francisco mm-hmm. and other um, major metropolitan cities that are now considering this is an imminent threat. This isn't. This is no longer just little rumblings in the street or anything like this. Um, they are considering this a major health crisis that. If we don't get a hold of this and we don't start taking this serious now, um, it, it can um, spread like wildfire. And we're going to see numbers of epic proportion, um, you know, in the next upcoming months. So that's right. You know, with this coupled with COVID-19, it's just it's just disastrous. So I just hope that the Biden, the Biden administration really jumps on this. Um I hope they start really pushing out these vaccines, offering these vaccines to the public, especially those that have compromised immune systems, which I I will say that I'm now starting to see. Because I I guess there's now a big thing now. A lot of people are feeling, especially gay men, um, they're feeling that this is going to be a repeat of the AIDS crisis. And I'm not comparing it and saying that it's like AIDS or HIV. But it's certain segments of society yes. that had access to um, treatments and other um, 
societies that are disenfranchised, they don't have access to the resources to be treated for monkeypox or have access to getting the vaccination. So people are worried that this is just going to be another uh, example of health disparities amongst people that are low, lower income. And it's something that the Biden administration needs to jump on top of now. Don't sit around here and wait until like there's more confirmed cases because it is spreading like wildfire now. So that is just, it's really unfortunate that this is going on. Um, there's another article that I want to, to, to read really quick. Um, it is from NDTV.com, and it's entitled The LGBT Community's Battle Against Monkeypox and Its Excruciating Stigma. Um, this is coming out of Los Angeles, and it, it reads... The spread of the monkeypox virus and its prevalence amongst gay men has raised widespread fear, growing anger, and a number of uncomfortable questions for a community that is still scarred by the early years of HIV-AIDS. While there is still widespread public confusion about the precise nature and spread of the disease, it is fact that overwhelming majority of the monkeypox patients in the United States identify as LGBTQ and are male. While uh, for some, the situation evokes dark parallels with the 1980s HIV AIDS crisis and how it was stigmatized as the gay plague. Hospitals and funeral homes turned away patients and victims, and the White House officials either cracked homophobic jokes or simply ignored the new virus. Mm -hmm. Um, At a meeting this week in West Hollywood, a hub for Los Angeles LGBTQ community, actor Matt Ford received a standing ovation as he spoke openly about the excruciating symptoms he had endured when he contracted the disease. An experience he also shared with people online. Um, And I'm going to skip down through this article really quick. Um, There's another section... um, entitled Blame. While a notion of monkeypox affecting mainly LGBT communities raises for here for fear of homophobia and stigmatization, stigmatization, it is also promoting anger that the United States government is not taking this disease serious enough. And that's what I was talking about. Um, they're thinking that this is something that primarily affects our community and they're not taking this serious. But now we're seeing that these cases are rising amongst different segments of society. Um, it continues to say on Thursday, San Francisco and New York state declared public health emergencies, as I mentioned earlier, in order to bolster efforts to control the spread of monkeypox. The U S health department announced plans to allocate an additional 786,000 vaccine doses which will take supply above 1 million. But for many, the response has come too late. Why is the government not acting as fast as it should? Said George Reyes um, Salinas of Equality California, a coalition of LGBTQ activists and organizations. We need more resources and we need more attention to this issue. It's not just an LGBT concern. It should be painted. It shouldn't be painted that way. So, this article goes on um, 
it, it just talks about um, how this has been blamed on our community, um, just the fear mongering that has been placed out there. And um, I would I would urge people to look into this article. Once again, it's from ND, NDTV.com, and it's entitled LGBTQ Communities Battles Against Monkeypox and it's excruciating stigma. So that was something that I just wanted to share with you guys. Um, I didn't know if you guys had anything else to add to this or. Well, just from <clears throat> what we were talking about earlier, this could potentially in a political on a political platform fuel the agenda that's been against our community after, you know, in result of Roe versus Wade. You know, you know, this could be essentially a bullet in the chamber for, uh, you know, political uh, political activists, right wing conspiracy, whatever misinformation givers to take our rights away. It could be another tool in a sense from I mean, you know, from what I gather. Mm. Wow. I don't know what you think about that, but. Oh, I it's, I totally it's agree. A, a huge concern. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a very. It's a humongous concern. Humongous. I just wanted to give a quick shout out um, to a couple of our listeners tonight so far. Um, Kristen Roundtree, I want to thank you for um, joining us. Teresa Walker and Justin Bennett. Um, we do have a couple of comments in the chat. Um, Teresa Walker Edmund says, I saw where two children had it, but I forgot where I saw it. So, um, like, like she was saying, now this is something that is not impacting just one segment of society. So it's impacting young people as well. So we want to just thank everybody that's joining our Facebook Live so far. If you have any questions or comments or if you have something that you want us to bring up on air, feel free yes. to leave your comment in the chat and we will read your comment on air. Um, Jonathan, I want to go to you because I know you had um, something that you want to um, discuss or you had a particular story, and I want you to frame that reference, and we're going to pull up the clip behind that. Um, This is about uh, close to two months ago. This is definitely during Pride Month um, where the comedian Bill Maher, um, he had something to say about trans issues when it comes to kids when it comes to teens mm. and he had a and this is during his um mon, not monologue because that's at the beginning this is at the very end um i think they call it new rules and in this segment um i mean he does insert a little bit of comedy into what he's trying to say but when it comes to people who are trans um he really feels that what is happening with our youth is it's trendy and it's not how an individual feels in their heart. And he feels that um, people who seek and also the parents who advocate for their kids, I mean, if they do feel that they are trans, to get hormone blockers and um, other kinds of hormone treatment um, that it's wrong. And um, I feel, I mean, I, I feel like I am personally not um, very wise in terms of this subject, 
because I don't know a lot. But I feel that Bill Maher is going to fuel a lot of public perception against people who are trans. Um, and it also kind of leads to like how all three of us, you know, when we first came out of the closet, oh, well, you know, that's just a, uh, that's just a phase. You're not really gay. Yeah. Well, well just, how do you know? How do you know what's really going on? I just on know my from part? my background, I remember when I was really young being extremely confused about a lot of stuff. Yes. Um, and that just goes back to just it, from being from like a psychological standpoint, just, um, Go ahead. Sorry. I, I identify as he, him, his, as my pronouns. That's me. But someone else who either may be trans or maybe non-binary, they're going through a whole completely different set of issues. And what, at least in my opinion, what he is saying is harmful and it's hurtful. Mm. Um, in terms of physiology i think that you know there needs to be um more research because there's definitely not a growing consensus there's um there's the school of thought is seems to be diverging in certain areas including from the american side to the european side and i personally do not know what to say i i i'm waiting for really for the smoke to clear that so we can have more clarity on the issue and um i don't know how you wanted to segue into that yeah well i'll tell you what we're gonna go to the clip i was just waiting to get the cue from you i just wanted to go to the clip um this clip is from bill maher um his show and it's it's actually a nine minute clip but we're just going to play a portion of it so you guys can get a taste of what he is saying but um, once we come back from this clip we're going to um, give the rest of our commentary and we're going to move on to our next story and finally new rule if something about the human race is changing at a previously unprecedented rate we have to at least discuss it Broken down over time, the LGBT population of America seems to be roughly doubling every generation. According to a recent Gallup poll, less than 1% of Americans born before 1946, that's Joe Biden's generation, identify that way. 2.6% of boomers do, 4.2% of Gen X, 10.5% of millennials, and 20.8% of Gen Z. Which means if we follow this trajectory, we will all be gay in 2054. <laughs> and then who's going to buy this chair? <laughs> I'm just saying that when things change this much, this fast, people are allowed to ask, what's up with that? All the babies are in the wrong bodies? Was there a mix-up at the plant, like with Captain Crunch's Oops All Berries? <laughs> it wasn't that long ago when adults asked a kid, what do you want to be when you grow up? They meant what profession? <laughs> 
In the wake of America about to lose abortion rights, the ACLU recently tweeted a list of those who would be disproportionately harmed by this. You would think women might top that list. No, wasn't even on the list. Second on the list was LGBT. Really? Abortion rights affects gay and trans people more than, you know, breeders? I'm happy for LGBT folks that we now live in an age where they can live their authentic lives openly. And we should always be mindful of respecting and protecting. But someone needs to say it. Not everything's about you. <laughs> and it's okay to ask questions about something that's very new and involves children. The answer can't always be that anyone from a marginalized community is automatically right, trump card, mic drop, end of discussion. Because we're literally experimenting on children. Maybe that's why Sweden and Finland have stopped giving puberty blockers to kids. Because we just don't know much about the long-term effects. Although common sense should tell you that when you reverse the course of raging hormones, there's going to be problems. We do know it hinders the development of bone density which is kind of important if you like having a skeleton. <laughs> Fertility and the ability to have an orgasm seem also to be affected. This isn't just a lifestyle decision, it's medical. Weighing trade-offs is not bigotry. Yet when a book questioning the sudden uptick in transitioning children was released, a trans lawyer with the ACLU named Chase Strangio tweeted, stopping the circulation of this book and these ideas is 100% a hill I will die on. How very civil liberties of him. Chase, by the way, has just been named one of the grand marshals of this year's New York City Pride March, along with three other trans people and a lesbian. Huh, what's missing here? Oh, right, a gay man. <laughs> That's where we are now. Gay men aren't hip enough for the gay pride parade. <laughs> Compared to trans, gay is practically cis, and cis is practically Mormon. <laughs> and this is a phenomenon we need to take into account when we look at this issue. Yes. Part of the rise in LGBT numbers is from people feeling free enough to tell it to a pollster, and that's all to the good. But some of it is, it's trendy. Penis equals man. Okay, boomer. <laughs> Remember, the prime directive of every teen is anything to shock and challenge the squares who brought you up. It's why nobody gets a nose ring at 56. <clears throat> And if you haven't noticed that with kids, doing something for the likes is more important than their own genitals, you haven't been paying attention. <laughs> Dr. Erica Anderson is a prominent 71-year-old clinical psychologist who is herself transgender and who now says, I think it's gone too far. The LA Times summarizes, she's come to believe that some children identifying as trans are falling under the influence of their peers and social media. If you attend a small dinner party of typically very liberal upper-income Angelinos, 
It is not uncommon to hear parents who each have a trans kid having a conversation about that. What are the odds of that happening in Youngstown, Ohio? If this spike in trans children is all natural, why is it regional? Either Ohio is shaming them or California is creating them. <laughs> it's like that day we suddenly all needed bottled water all the time. <laughs> if we can't admit that in certain enclaves there is some level of trendiness to the idea of being anything other than straight, then this is not a serious science-based discussion. It's a blow being struck in the culture wars using children as cannon fodder. I don't understand parents who won't let their nine-year-old walk to the corner without a helmet, an EpiPen, and a GPS tracker. All right, we're back. I just wanted to play a portion of that. I have a lot to say, but since this is Jonathan's segment, I'm going to let him say what he has to say, and I'm pretty sure Ethan has a lot to say, oh, too. Oh, yes. This is the part of, you know, earlier when we were discussing about abortion rights, that it can affect us. And because it's, it's a domino effect and it's, it's stuff like what he's talking about that is going to lead to that effect. And he thinks that this is not a science-based discussion and it, it definitely is. Um, and I think he's taking, I'm pretty sure he's taking a lot of those quotes out of context just to fit that monologue and um bill maher's starting to sound like a right winger lately with a lot of his with a lot of what he's saying in the under the guise of free speech Mm. what do you guys have to say prepare yourselves here we go (laughs) um just the audacity I can just say that. Um, just listening to this, everything that this man has said has just angered me so much. Um, just paints him out to be probably one of the most ignorant people I've ever heard in my life. Um, the LGBT community, we're not a Petri dish. We're not a test beak- beaker, you know. We are individuals made up of different uh, whether it's uh, sexual or the way that you uh, perceive yourself as just a human being. And it's when he says, you know, anything other than straight, it's like, no, it's like we're at the end of we're all human, right? Just um, there are, I was going to bring up, there are two, two documentaries that I've seen um, in the past. One is growing up trans and the other one is born, born in the wrong body. Uh, both of which are available for free on YouTube. And I encourage, you know, if you guys haven't seen one of them, I encourage you to at least start them just to get kind of a background. They talk about uh, just the psychological background behind trans youth, and they talk a lot about uh, trans younger than 10 years old, just um, discovering that they are happier leading the life of uh, the opposite sex. And it's not, you know, we're not talking about experimentation. We're not talking about, you know, cutting, we're not cutting up kids. We're not, you know, going that we're just listening. We're listening to them, you know, 
whether they're unhappy with, you know, because they're a boy, they need to be, you know, nurtured as a boy by their parents, whether they're a girl, you know, they need to be nurtured as a girl. They see that their children are depressed. They are, uh, you know, they fail in school because they're just so psychologically set aside because they themselves don't know what's happening to them. It's all psychological, and when they start listening to their children and listening to what they want and listening to um, just a, a different difference, not just of opinion, but like, uh, you know, how they feel as an individual and when they start to, you know, help their children grow in the way that they want, they see a, a 100% turnaround in the way that they act, the way that they feel psychologically and it's just it's it's mind-blowing it's mind-blowing to watch just how you know within a very short amount of time just seeing these kids blossom into the kids that they're supposed to be regardless of you know regardless of who they are so when you when I when you hear somebody just blatantly blatant ignorance just spewing out of their mouth about things that they have not have no clue any have have no idea anything about because they don't they don't live in that life they don't know growing up because you know because that's who they are and they're secure in that you know i'm just i'm losing my train of thought but that's yeah that's my feedback from that so well to me like listening to his commentary it's just to me that what bothers me it it's it's the gaslighting for me mm-hmm. it's the it's yeah. the gaslighting yes and to me, these are the worst types of allies that you can have. You know, that's why I'm very, very, very skeptical of anybody that always wants to tout off that, oh, I'm an ally. But I need to hear what your politics is, what, what, where your politics lies. Because hearing this person, I'd rather you be against the community than be for the community. And it's always these people that... That, that that claim to be so liberal and c- claim to be very open-minded, they're the most toxic and the most dangerous because... Hypocrites. Yes. Yeah, because to me, like, you're acting like you're... And I'm going to tell you, people like him, I'm going to tell you exactly what they're doing. They're nar- that's a narcissistic mm-hmm. um, characteristic. What they're trying to do is gaslight you, and then they'll go get somebody. Now, you went to go get this 71-year-old transgender woman's point of view. She doesn't even identify with this generation. And she came from a totally different time to where her politics is different because a lot of people that tend to be in her age bracket that are a part of the LGBT community, they have a lot of self-hatred issues because they lived in a time where they weren't widely accepted. So they had to go along to get along and they had to kind of tailor their politics to, you know, to the point to where Okay, I'm different, but I don't want to be so different to where I'm extremely, where I'm being outcasted by society, like totally. So that's almost like going to the, saying that you're for black people. I'm going I'm to use this for an example. Like, and then you go get someone that's a self hating black person and say, hey, this, this, and this about black people. Well, since they said that, then, you know. It must be true. Like that, you can find any person that's a self hater, or find someone that fits that narrative. You know what I mean? Because there's a lot of people that go along to get along, and there's several people that will. You can find that, but that doesn't mean that that 
that point of view that you have is still correct. So to me, like, it's just the gaslighting that, that bothers me and the fact that you claim to be, oh, I'm for LGBT rights and I'm I'm for this, that, but it's always that but that wants that that should cause you to stop and look at what this person is saying because all anything that they say before that but is a lie. So to me, I, I look at him in a totally different light. I've never really yes. felt Bill Maher. It's just something about him that I could never put my finger on. But it's just to me, those are the worst types of allies that you can have. Like someone that can that will say, "Well, I'm for." Um, LGBT rights, but then you go off and you're you're no different than the right wing Republicans. And I'd rather have someone that I know. I'd rather have a what, what's that what's that saying? I'd rather have an honest enemy than a fake friend mm-hmm. because yeah. at least I know where you're coming from and I can see you know I know what to expect from you. That's beautiful. So yes. it's just like I, that's that's what I got from him, and I just I will never look at him the same again. Mm. I will have more respect for him if he was just. Hey, I don't agree with this community, this, this, and this, but don't sit up here and smile on my face and say I'm for the rights. And then, and this is another thing they try to do. They always want to use that, the, the children. They want to throw the children. Oh, this is an attack against the children. This, that, and the other. Nobody's coming for children because you guys are the same people. You know, a lot of these conservatives, y'all are the same people that say, oh, we're for, for, for children and, and we don't want them to be exposed for this. But and it's the same people that were against abortion. Y'all, y'all claim that y'all all for the for the children and for um, these babies that are being born. But then once these babies are here, you don't give a damn about them. You don't care how they where they end up. You don't care if they're being taken care of. You know, it's just it's all about an agenda. And they'll and and and, and they'll they'll play any crafty game to push their to just push their narrative. And that's why I just feel like people like Bill Maher are very, very dangerous because they they try to come to you in the guise of like they're an ally, but then you know you see right through it. It's it's not even difficult to see, but you have a lot of naive people that will believe his narrative. That's right. It's so. like uh, what I uh, told a couple of people that you know in just like a family setting where they have like a member of their family that is part of the LGBT. They're like, well, I accept you for who you are. But, you know, and then they go off and you're not like them. Yeah. Yeah. They'll vote for somebody that, you know, harms somebody or they preach against. It's like you can't live a double standard and preach acceptance. Like that's not (laughs) that's not a realistic. It's funny that you bring that up (laughs) because recently when the House of Representatives voted for or voted to codify same sex marriage into law, there were 157 Republicans who voted against it. I think that's the number. It, it was a it was a pretty high number, and there were forty seven Republicans who voted for it. Which honestly, that's kind of earth shattering. But nevertheless, um, there was this one congressman from Pennsylvania who voted against same sex marriage, and then flew to his son's wedding, who is also in a same sex relationship. Oh wow. That's just... I mean, is that not mind-boggling? Mind-boggling, exactly. So, I love my son. 
I might grumble a little bit of, of his relationship, or I may even accept it. I don't know. I don't agree with the lifestyle, but I love him for who he is. It's like, okay. But <laughs> my constituents, they don't like it, so therefore I'm going to vote what my constituents want. Yeah. Or sometimes they'll <laughs> use that, that, that argument, oh, well... And this, and this is why I say there's a lot of self-hating gays that fall into this trap as well. Yes. They'll get around a lot of conservative right-wing um, think tanks, and they'll like, well, we accept you for who you are. And it's the same even when black people get around. It, it's the same. Like, we accept you're not like them over there. You're one of the good types. And you have to be very careful because you have a lot of people in our community feel like they – they get around some people and say, well, you're not like them. You're not over the top. You're not this and you're not that. At the end of the day, excuse my terminology, you're still a sexual deviant and you're still a fag to them. Yes. So be careful of getting around people and being their, being their tool or being, uh, being that person that they use as a pawn to further push their agenda. See what I'm saying? Yeah. You see where I'm going with yeah. that? I sure do. So it, it's 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 just like to us, we have to be aware of the games. We have to be aware of the, the game playing in the manipulation in the wordplay that they try to present us because there there is a lot of people that um that a lot of people will play that, especially people that will claim to be our allies and they play these exact same games. Case in point, Bill Maher. Yes. Total change of opinion for that man in like two seconds was crazy. (laughs) Yeah. I thought he was somebody different, but apparently not. Yeah. But like this is the age of exposure. Like we are seeing people for who they are. And instead of getting upset about it, um, just look at it as a thing. Well, I know where you stand stand, and I know how to deal with you accordingly. Mm -hmm. That's right. The last thing I want to say just in reflection of that is like Bill Maher and like probably uh i mean a lot of other people that think that they you know being a part of this community it's like you know change you changing pair of pants it's like no it's like we're we're finding the outfit to wear for the rest of our lives it's not like we just decide to be something that we're not yes it's yeah yeah well good i guess that's yeah yep yeah i'm good (laughs) good. good. i think that was it Yeah. yeah okay all right, um, we're going to move on. We have a couple of more stories um, in keeping with the theme of um, the LGBTQ community and um, rights being stripped away. There's an article from TNR News. Um, it's entitled GOP States Sue for Rights. GOP States Sue for Rights to Deny LGBTQ Kids Free Lunch. So now these are the same kids that they said that they're for. Now they're they're trying to take away from this. So we're going to get into this. Um, once again, this story is coming from TNR News, and it reads as such. Earlier this year, the Department of Agriculture, Food, and Nutrition Service updated its non-discrimination policies to cover sexual orientation and gender identity for the department's nutritional programs, including the National School Lunch Program. A coalition of 22 Republican-led states sued the USDA this week to reverse the update. In the lawsuit, the state sought to assuage the courts about their intentions. To be clear, quote, to be clear, 
The states do not deny benefits based on a household member's sexual orientation or gender identity, they insisted. That would be somewhat comforting in states that didn't have a but to that to, to add in the in the next sentence. But the states do challenge the unlawful and unnecessary new obligations and liabilities that the memoranda and the final rule attempt to impose. Obligations that apparently stretch as far as ending sex separated um, living facilities in athletics and mandating the use of bi- biologically inaccurate preferred pronouns. The state went on to say, the USD does not generally have the authority to uh, over students' athletics or pronouns, and the agency told Politico last month that it would only enforce the rule for discrimination that was directly tied to school lunch programs. The lawsuit itself um, only the, is the, only the latest chapter of the GOP's legal war on the LGBT community and rights at the state level. Indeed, a separate battle, many of those same states are also directly challenging Biden's administration's interpretation of Title, um, I think it's Title IX, for public, public schools in the wake of the major Supreme Court ruling on LGBT rights two years ago. Some legal conservatives have suggested that their, primarily, their primary concern is transgender athletes participating in girls' sports. But the USDA case shows how far some Republican-led states will go to resist any legal recognition of LGBT rights whatsoever. Um, and then it just re- uh, references the 2020 case, um, the Supreme Court case of the Bostock versus Clayton County, um, that title... Um, Title Seven of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, and it just goes on to talk about that. But um, I would suggest you guys go read the rest of this article. Once again, it's from TNR News, and it is entitled. Um, let me go up to the top and get the title of this article. It is entitled um, "GOP States Sue for Right to Deny LGBTQ Kids Free Lunch." So I, I really think that um, this is something that you guys should look at. Um, there's no, these people have no boundaries. You know what I mean? They say no, they one don't. thing and then they, they, and then they turn around and, and go against what they say. So it's, it's, it's just a sad situation. It's just a sad situation in America that, uh, the LGBT is like the punching bag for so many groups of people, you know? So, yeah. Just leave the kids alone. <laughs> yeah. Why do we have to target the kids? Oh my God. Yep. Um, next story I want to get into, and, and this man is no stranger to, to the blogs and, and it's into the news, uh, Florida governor, Ron DeSantis oh God. files complaint over Miami drag show. Okay. Why is this man constantly in our, like, why, why don't he just leave us alone? Leave the community alone. Like why? It just makes me wonder, is there something going on with this man? Like I just, and, and it, it never ceases to amaze me these people that are so enamored with the gay community or that are so against the gay, the gay community it c- always comes out that they have some involvement or some type of personal vendetta because it's someone in their family or th- they themselves are involved 
in the same activity that they're against. So it just always questions, you know. But anyways, we're going to get into this article really quick. Um, the complaint against the Miami restaurant, restaurant, um, our house, which hosted the show, cited a 1947 state Supreme Court decision on, quote, men impersonating women, unquote. And this article, by the way, comes from um, NBC News. And uh, we're going to just delve into a little bit of this, and then I'm going to get your guys' commentary, and then we're going to move on. Um, it states that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis filed a complaint against the R House in Miami after a video showed children at one of the restaurant's drag brunch events. Um, DeSantis said a news conference Wednesday, at a news conference on Wednesday, that the video, um, there was a video in which a child had been seen walking with a drag performer dressed in lingerie led to an investigation by the Florida Department of Business and Professional Regulation, according to NBC in Miami. Quote, they usually, I mean, they actually had agents going to this place and effectively just gathering information, getting intelligence, and seeing what's going on, unquote, he said Wednesday. Quote, and what they found was not only were there minors there, and these were sexually explicit drag shows. The bar had children had a children's menu. And you think to yourself, give me a break. What's going on here? The department filed an administrative complaint obtained by NBC News on Tuesday that accuses the restaurant of disorderly conduct. It alleges that a nearly new dancer was filmed parading a young girl through the audience on or about July 3rd, and that the video ignited public outrage. The video shows what appears to be a transgender dancer leading a young girl by the hand and walking through the respondent's dining area, the complaint states. The dancer's buttocks were fully exposed, and his G-string style bikini bottom was stuffed with with dollar bills, a practice that is commonly known to occur at strip clubs. The dancer's breasts unmistakably female in appearance were also fully exposed except for the nipple and areola, which were crowded with adhesive pasties. The video was shared by the Twitter accounts Libs of TikTok, which was known for sharing videos of drag performers, teachers, and other non-public figures talking about LGBTQ issues that generate outrage. The complaint alleges that the R House has violated state public nuisance laws by becoming, quote, a manifest, manifestly injurious to the morals of manners of people, unquote. The department also cites a, cites a 1947 Florida uh, Supreme Court decision that found that men impersonating women in the context of suggestive and indecent performances constitutes a public nuisance. The restaurant's ownership said that it, um, in an email statement, that it is aware of the complaint and that it is working to, uh, working with the department, although uh, through the attorney to rectify the situation. We are an inclusive establishment and welcome all people to visit our restaurant. We are hopeful, hopeful that the government, that Governor DeSantis, a uh, vociferous um, supporter 
and champion of Florida's hospitality industry and small businesses will see this as what it is, a misunderstanding, and the matter will be resolved positively and promptly. If the complaint is successful, the state could revoke the restaurant's liquor license. Um, and then it goes on. Let me see. Let me go down here and see. Uh, this is another. Okay, this is another part I wanted to bring up. It isn't the first time that DeSantis has been critical of drag performances. Last month, in a response to the question from a reporter about whether he should support state legislations to punish parents who take their children to drag shows, he said he would have his staff look into it. We have child protection statutes on books. We have laws against child endangerment, he said. It used to be kid it used to be kids would be off limits. Used to be everybody agreed to that. Now it just seems like they're like a concerted effort to be exposing kids to more and more to things that are not age appropriate. Um, LGBT advocates and drag performers have condemned the recent increase of uh, verbal and physical attacks on drag performers and drag queens story hour events. Um, last month, Texas Representative Brian Slayton said that he would introduce legislation to ban drag shows in the presence of minors in Texas. Um, RuPaul's Drag Race star Alyssa Edwards responded in a tweet. My thoughts, number one, our God is a God of love. Two, parents are a child's first and important teacher and role model. Three, drag is an art form which is subjective. Four, you, sir, have, re have tweeted more about, the dra about drag than the loss of Uvalde. Ooh, shame. And this truly... It is truly about children or politics priorities, Edward said, referring to the mass school shooting in Texas in May that left 19 children and two teachers dead. So that is the end of that article. So what do you guys feel about the whole situation behind um, them attacking this venue for allowing children to come in there and view the drag shows? Do you think it's more about the drag show or do you feel that it is about the children's safety and these and these children being um, in in these establishments. What do you guys feel about that? I think it's about a certain governor who wants to run for president in 2024. Yeah. Who's using kids, again, as another part of his uh, political career in using them as cannon fodder to further his own political goals. Mm. I don't feel that this is about drag shows at all. Um, so you're saying this is disingenuous? You I think this is very disingenuous. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> I was going to say, based off of the description of the drag show, I think that there are certain levels of... Uh, you know, if it's if it's extremely provocative or, you know, something I don't think that kids should be subject to that level of of lurid content. I mean, just based off of the description, I'm not talking against, you know, the community by any means. I'm saying right. that I agree. And I also agree with what uh, Alyssa Edwards responded to that, you know, drag is an art form. Yes. Mm -hmm. But there I think there is a um, a line drawn in the sand where yes. uh you know it, it reaches a certain point where you know it, it it's very artistic and i've seen 
lots and lots of, you know, just by watching, you know, drag race and stuff and seeing uh, different uh, versions of drag. And I appreciate it for what it, but when it gets to that point, mm-hmm. I think that there is reasoning to, to think that, you know, it wouldn't be a good thing for kids to view. Yeah. I will say this, this, and, and I will say this, this is, I feel like this is an in-house discussion that we need to have because it is, it, this is something that, that we have to talk about. Um, I feel like we as a community, um, when we allow certain things to happen, it gives fuel and ammunition to the other side. So I will say this, I don't feel that children have no business being in a bar. And that doesn't have anything about being self-hatred. I didn't think about that. Agreed. Yeah. I feel like certain things that the, the gay community does, we we need to be more vigilant of what we're doing because it gives the other side ammunition against us. I'll say this, and I, and I you know me, I'm going to keep it real like because I'm going to be critical of our community. I'm not one of those people that feels like everything we do is right and this, that, and the other. I do feel that we have basic, basic rights as a community. But this is me saying this in love because I'm a part of this community. And I'm not feeding into that other side. But what I'm saying is sometimes we we kind of feed into the negative stereotypes of the other side. Like with pride. I hate to say this. Like stop marketing pride as a family-friendly event because it's not. It's not. And it's fine that we have events that we, we can, adults can um, embrace who we are. But let's keep it real. With all some of the stuff that goes on at Pride, children don't need to be en- engaged or exposed to that. That's just how I feel about it. And I feel like we as a community, we can't I just feel like some of the debauchery that we do kind of feels fuels into the other side. Like I feel like we can have respectful um we can have a respectful uh we can have like events, pride um festivals and parades without being so debaucherous you know i feel like that's that that is what really fuels um the especially the the um, right wing uh people from the far right i think that that kind of proves their point when we don't look at stuff like that you know what i mean and then we want to involve children in it but i feel like even with that being said they just use that as a way of pushing their agenda they don't care about the kids but at at the same time they do make a valid point and i feel like we as a community we got to have that tough love conversation like some of the stuff that we're doing we have to we have to chill out on some of that stuff because it's really making us look bad as a community and we have to check ourselves we can't expect nobody else to check we have to look at ourselves and we have to come as come together as a community and hey there's certain behaviors that we can't uphold or we can't we can't go along with you know and i feel like when it comes to that with children i do feel that that those children had no business being in that bar and no drag show like that and you you know what the narrative is about our community so why would you do that like we 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 kind of offer ourselves up as a sacrifice sometimes when we do stuff like that so i don't know how you guys feel about that but so, brass tacks, a lot of what drag queens do from a night standpoint 
it is about adults doing adult things. And here we are bringing kids into the adult world when they shouldn't be in that world. And I'm not just talking about drag queens in particular, but I'm going to, and, and I will give more examples. Um, I don't want to say that drag queens are creatures of the night. And I don't think creature is the right word, but it's the only thing that really fits at the moment. Um, a drag queen is there to entertain in the gay world. And they do certain things to shock the senses. And eventually, you know, if that and and, the, and if a lot of them don't bring that shock into the light, into the day, um, especially when it comes to like drag time story hour or like in this instance at drag brunch, um, I mean, if they keep it very PG, personally, I have not seen it because, mm-hmm. you know, well, I've worked for, I've worked nights, so I'm, I'm never, I was never really up during the day, but if they do keep it PG, then I'm okay with it to a degree. If they start, as the article was saying, um, start sexualizing themselves um we are we we are causing our own <laughs> we we are giving the other side ammunition um and then let's talk, let's talk overall in terms of gay and lesbian like when it comes to pride like why do kids have to see a 21 year old man in a jock strap? Why does a kid have to see um, a lesbian with her tits hanging out just with tape covering her areolas? Why are they, why are kids subjected to that? Um, We, 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 we talk about wanting to protect our children, um, but at the same time, you know, we're kind of talking out of both sides of our mouths when we want to express ourselves and pride for a lot of people. It, I mean, it's about expressing themselves, and I totally get that, but at what, like, where do you draw the line? Right. Yeah, yeah I, I totally agree. Well, um, I was going to say just, uh, in addition to that is um, the just the shock and awe, awe value there is a plethora of genres behind that you know from like lavish lavish gowns lots of feathers I mean we've seen it all we see it all the time on RuPaul's Drag Race I just think that um, the context of this you know it could have been like it could have been more like that more age appropriate more you know mm. stunning and shock and awe in that way rather than provocative but my one of the things that I was thinking about during that whole thing was uh, what what do the parents think? Where are the parents in this, exactly. in this situation? Like it's it, it it's their responsibility also to kind of you know if if they feel that it's inappropriate to eject themselves and their children away from that. Mm-hmm. So 
Yeah. So let me ask. So what you're saying is they should be looking at more so of in this situation, they should be looking more so at the parents than the actual establishment itself. I think so. Yeah. And, and that's, and I agree with that. That's a good point of view. Um, because I feel like, you know, that's an adult only establishment. Um, they're going to do adult things. Just like if somebody goes to the strip club, they're going to do this, that, and the other. I feel like, I don't think that everybody should be punished for the actions of a that p- the parents and b of this one establishment. So now, if that's the ca- you know you you can't. So they're allowing one bad apple to to spoil the bunch. Is is so? Is that what what you're saying? That's, pretty much. That's that is part of what I'm saying. That um, it also goes uh, the the establishment also can take a large part part of the responsibility for allowing that even when they know that there are going to be kids present, maybe discussing with the performers, like what type of show are you going to put on? Like, you know, getting, getting kind of a background so they can make it age appropriate for their, for where, you know, because you know, there's going to be a lot of stigma from the public at targeted at them for that also. So. And, 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 and let me be clear that, that this doesn't speak for the majority of a lot of, um, gay establishments because a lot of gay they don't play that like if you aren't of age yeah they, they're not going to have kids in there and they're going to be very protective over the children and, and, and i know a lot of um gay people that are parents they will kill over their kids like they don't yeah. play that there's a lot of people in the gay, gay community don't play when it comes to kids so it just to me i just feel like again like i mentioned earlier we Oftentimes, like a small group of us, we make it bad for the majority. And that's with any group. But, you know, we have to be more mindful of what we're doing out here because you don't know who's watching. Because in that article, they were saying there were people watching, just staking out that that joint, trying to find something. They were trying to find something. And you guys played right into their hand like you really did. So it's we just got to be careful and be more mindful of what we're doing as a community. If we want people to take us serious. So that's all I had to say about it. And talking to the, talking to the, just everybody knows I'm not a parent, but you know, talking to those parents, you know, you have to know when to change the channel, turn the TV off, you know, turn the page in when it comes to protecting, protecting the kids because there, there is a lot of stigma and there's a lot of like, you know, these, you know, politically fueled, agenda you know thinking that we're sexualizing our children we don't want to well in all fairness that our kids are being overly sexualized anyway yeah in traditional media yeah um through and and i hate to use this as an example but you know let's just say let's start with cardi b let's work our way down to madonna and even further back than that but it's more the fact that um, our kids are just getting overly sexualized anyway, regardless of this one bar. Yeah. So it's happening anyway. Right. Well, well, one of the sad things is that our community is targeted as it's always targeted. a prime, you know, reasoning for that, which I think is ludicrous. We're always just, we are always a scapegoat. <laughs> yeah. And the way we are. You know, I will say the heterosexual community should also probably really look into themselves as, you know, well, maybe we are also, you know, a factor into sexualizing our children. Yeah. 
Mm. Wow. It's good, good, good engagement, good conversation. Um, we're going to move on. Um, right now, we're at the minute and 31 mark, so we have a little bit under 30 minutes, so I'm going to get through the rest of these stories. Um, we have a couple of entertainment stories I want to get to, and we have a couple of other news stories I want to talk about, and one of which is um, there's an article that came out um, through NBCNews.com and uh, by way of Yahoo News, and it states that more than one in eight LGBTQ people still live in states where doctors can refuse to treat them. So, um, this article states, and this was this was written on July twenty eighth. Um, it states that South Carolina became the seventh state last month to permit healthcare workers to decline to serve people if they're if they feel doing so would violate their religious beliefs. Shameful. As a result, more than one in eight LGBTQ people now live in states where doctors, nurses, and other healthcare professionals can legally refuse to treat them, according to the movement advocate uh, advancement. I'm sorry, Ad- advancement project, an LGBT think tank. In addition to South Carolina, Mississippi, Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, Ohio, and Illinois have similarly. Um, Placed measures in which this can take effect. Um, the advocate and legal experts say that the laws will further raise the barriers to health care um, for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer patients. Um, and I'm going to scroll down here and get some more of this. Um, there was a study in 2019 that found that 16% of LGBTQ adults and um, about one in six reported experiencing discrimination in healthcare settings. A 2020 survey from the Center of American Progress, a liberal think tank, found that 16% of LGBTQ people, including 40% of transgender respondents, reporting postponing or avoiding um, preventative screens because of discrimination. So we have to really feel, and this is, and, and this, the rest of this article is really good. Uh, I just wanted to highlight a couple of um, passages or um, paragraphs in this um, article, but pretty much I want to bring home the point that this is very serious. Um, now these people can discriminate against you. Mm-hmm. They can turn you away from um, services that you need, maybe even life. I don't know what you would say. Um, like threatening circumstances. Yes, I, I feel that now they can turn you away, and it's sick. It's sickening, and 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 like to me, it's just like, you know, you don't question when somebody comes in, and how is that Christ like? Like if you, these people that claim to be, especially the Christians, like how is that Christ like turning someone away that needs? It's not. Yeah, Christian values are protecting life in general. So yes. the fact that they would. Denied. They're all about protecting life. Yeah. You know, they're pro-life. Exactly. So they can't, you can't, when you say you're pro-life, you can't pick and choose what lives you value. Because that's, that mm, point. is hypocrisy. Point. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. So there's just. Um, well, when you, when you say life-threatening, like that kind of goes against the oath that these doctors take. Like when you take an oath to be, when you're, when you become a medical professional, you save somebody no matter the co- no matter what so 
if they're going against their own values as a medical professional, doctor, nurse, what have you, then they shouldn't they shouldn't be practicing medicine. <laughs> Boy, this is. <laughs> I know you live. You you're in this world, so yeah, yeah I am. So please, I'd and, love to hear. Um, I am very fortunate to work for organizations that accept everyone. Um, and I can name well, my former employer, Indiana University Health. They they were not part of any denomination. They they took care of everyone, and. Um, it it just goes back to you know the days when you know a lot of doctors and healthcare organizations would just refuse um, refuse care or even like refuse family like say like with me and Seneca for example like if I was in the hospital the hospital could refuse Seneca because we're not a married couple. Mm -hmm. Even though he's been my partner for five years. It's stuff like that that really angers me. That mm -hmm. And it's scary. It's very scary. Yeah. And so many people have gone through all kinds of shit. And I'm sorry to use that, but they have. Um, on the basis of you know, well, it's my right because, you know, it's against my religion. And now they have a state protecting them for wanting to be able to refuse. And mm. it just, it angers me. I have to point out, too, that the list of states that are mentioned are primarily Southern, too. I right. can bet you Indiana <laughs> would probably be on top, on, yeah. be part of that list, too, just because of the type of government we have. Some of y'all are so busy trying to rush back down to the south and live in some of these southern states. And even though you may live in a liberal city, but you, you had to look at the overall state yes. itself. So you guys need to be mindful, like especially people that are um, a part of certain communities. You, you need to be mindful of that. Um, and I'm not saying some of these liberal cities are any better because they have their issues too. But like, Things like this, this is this is very serious. Like you, you're talking about your health. These people can deny you health services because because of something like that. So we just have to be mindful. You got to know who you're voting in office. And I, like I, I preached on my last show, um, the Urban Wire, we talked about people not being educated or sitting out elections, and this is what happens when um, you allow certain people to take office like when you don't get engaged or you don't get involved this is what happens these yes. are the type of things that get passed so you know this is just a precautionary tale that you have to get involved politically and know who you're voting for educate yourself stop voting blindly you know what i mean so this is just another tale just another day in america you know where people don't get involved politically they're not educated they don't know what's going on, and unfortunately, this is the kind of things that, that, that take place as a result. So, You know, I know that the – we see it as red team, blue team, and I know the blue team has a lot of issues going on right now. But 
to me, the red team is much more dangerous than they have ever been in the past. And I cannot see myself in any way, shape, or form voting Republican just because of, you know, I mean, I, I get it. The, the Biden administration is not that great, but I can't vote. And I can't justify for voting for someone like Trump or Ron DeSantis or Mike Pence mm. ever in my life because that affects me. That affects both of you. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I would be voting against my own self-interest. I would be literally cutting my nose off to spite my face. Can't but isn't it sad that we have to settle for that? Like, we have to settle for the lesser two evils. So yes, is it one of those things where we need to start pushing – candidates that are um independent um that are i mean to me i just feel like now it's it's we're at a point in history where we we need another party we need several parties i feel because this two-party system that we have now it ain't cutting it i'm sorry it's It's just not cutting it you know um I, I hate the dominance of a two-party system because I feel like we have to accept certain candidates that don't necessarily represent us, don't represent our values, but yet we're kind of forced to because the other team is even worse. Yeah, like mm. you were saying, like settling for the best we can get. I guess settling for the best we can get. I can't stand yeah, that. That's awful. I think that that more political parties need to exist but unfortunately the money is a big factor that is a subject for another time oh my god mm. that's a plethora of stuff we could talk about yes oh yes god. yeah all right well i don't know if you guys had anything else before we head into our last um two stories for the evening which are more entertainment based but we've had some really serious conversations tonight um, I'm telling you this, I mean, these issues are, uh, when we're, when we're dealing with health and dealing with, uh, politics, these are things that I've noticed a lot of people in our community, all they want to do, and I'm not speaking for a lot, cause there's a lot of intellectual and intelligent people in, in the LGBT community, but there's a lot of people that all they want to do is party. They want to, um, do drugs, drink. They don't care about this stuff. I know people like that now. They yes. don't give a damn about anything. And what you fail to realize is, it's like these are this is this is what happens when you want to live live your life with your head buried in the sand. These are the things that happen, and it just makes me sick that not it's so many of us that just they we don't care about what goes on, and I really think that. Maybe sometimes we just want to escape reality because, you know, the reality is very grim. It's very, um, a, a lot of shit that's going on and things that have been done to our community. It, you don't even want to think about it, but we can't just hide our heads in the sand and just think, you know, drinking and partying and doing drugs and, and, and doing all this stuff is going to change the situation or help you escape. It's not going to help you escape. And I just think that being ignorant to things is only going to perpetuate more problems. So they say ignorance is bliss. Yeah, so. <laughs> exactly. And that's a good way to sum it up. Yeah. But okay, we're gonna move on to our entertainment um, circ- um, circuit of the um, portion of the show, and 
Uh, for those of you that have uh, been following the blogs, you all know Miss Queen B, better known as Beyonce, has just re released her new album. It is entitled The Renaissance, and it is very all-encompassing of the queer movement. And um, she has came out, and her album is making waves in the blogs right now. Um, some of the takeaways, there's been a lot of people that have talked about this this uh, article, but uh, we're gonna go to a couple a couple of articles about the motivation behind this 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 album, and we're gonna talk about some of the controversies behind this album as well. Um, this is an article from The Advocate, and we're going to read a portion of that, and then I'm going to come back with our commentary, and then I'm going to talk about like some of the con controversies behind Beyonce, because a lot of people are saying that even though she has been promoting um, the gay community, and she, she is um, a big supporter of um, LGBT rights, a lot of people, like as far as in the music industry, have been claiming that she has beating her style off of certain people. But to me, I think it comes down to um, an argument that a lot of people don't know the music business. You know what I mean? And I feel that um, I don't think that Beyonce did anything wrong, especially with the situation with Khalees, because Beyonce went to the uh, songwriters of Khalees, because I guess they said she sampled one of her songs, but as far as business protocol is concerned, you go to the person that wrote the song to get clearance to use the song. So I just feel like a lot of people need to learn the business of the, of the industry because a lot of people are still being hoodwinked. You know what I'm saying? But we're going to get more into that in a minute. But um, this article from The Advocate um, reads, After six years, Beyonce released her album on Friday, Renaissance Act One. So this is going to be um, the first of... Uh, several installments um this article i mean this this particular album um this is first of a promised three-part project created during the pandemic the star set out to create a project that allowed her dream to find escape as such she worked to create a safe place a place without judgment a place to be free perfectionism and overthinking she wrote in a note a place to scream release and feel freedom References to the LGBT community um, are found throughout the Escapist album, as it is works as it is a work of clear queer collaboration. Um, most notably, in her song "Cozy," the second of the album, uh, second part of the album, Bay paints the colors of progress um, in the pride pride flag. As a fan noted on Twitter, the flag, which is an updated a version of the original design aims to bring the forefront of marginalized LGBTQ people of color, trans people, and those living um, with or have lost people due to HIV and AIDS. So, um, pretty much, this is a a big, 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 big project of hers. Um, she's done a lot of um, one of the her first single from the album, um, "Break My Soul." was a tribute to the house music um, movement in, in the community. So a lot of people are giving this um, album really good, um, I don't know, really good marks, high marks, and um, it's really hitting the charts right now. 
Um, it also mentions in this article that the album comes full of samples of LGBTQ talent as well. And um, they said um, in Cozy, she uses the voice of T.S. Madison, an equally um, legendary trans entrepreneur, host, and actress. And I guess they were saying how she is also, um, um, this article was, well, this album was influenced by Big Frida as well. So. Mm. This is something I would definitely um, have people, I would suggest people go out and support this album, especially if you are part of the LGBT community. Um, this is definitely a historical album. I plan on listening to it. I've heard the, the first single and I really liked it. So I'm really going to support our sister Beyonce. She's yes. making um, she's making waves out here as always. So, yeah. But there has been some controversy behind her album, as I mentioned, because um, there was a singer by the name of Khalees, and she's not really um, mad at Beyonce. She's kind of mad up or kind of upset with um, Pharrell. I think it was Pharrell um, because I guess when she was with, um, she she used to do music with them and stuff like that. Uh they didn't reach out to her and let her know that this was going on or whatever. So she didn't even know that this song was being sampled until it actually came out. So, um, Khalees called out Pharrell Williams who wrote and produced the 2003 hit milkshake for not informing her that her, um, song would be used on Beyonce's new track called, um, on, on her new album called the Renaissance. Um, yeah, so I, there's been some controversy behind this. I'm not going to really get into it. There's been a lot of people that now. Um, also, I just want, before we go, I want to talk about another story that's been in the blogs. It's about this pastor, Lord have mercy. <laughs> His name is so-called Bishop, uh, Bishop Whitehead, and he's from New York, and this past Sunday, his church was held up at gunpoint and a lot of people are giving him the side eye because looking at the last, the last stream that took place, there was a lot of just questionable things that was going on. It seemed like it was almost staged and um, they were saying how this guy, and I seen the, 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 the Google, I guess the Google image of like where this church is, it doesn't line up with this man's lifestyle. Like this is like a dirty storefront church. And this man is coming to church wearing almost a half a million dollars worth of jewelry every Sunday. And that's not even including what his wife is wearing. And it's just almost just like, it, it was just like it was staged. I don't know if there's some type of fraud going on, but, Upon um, closer, you know, just looking at this guy's background, he has a lot of history. Like, he's had a lot of run-ins with the law, um, a lot of um, run-ins with other people as far as, like, fraud, because they say he does a lot of real, real estate investing and stuff like that. There's been people that have alleged him um, investing with him and him just taking off with their money. Um, and this is after him doing stints in prison. You know what I mean? So, and there's been a lot of people that have been questioning him and like, um, he's been out here. Supposedly he's a Bishop, but he's out here on the blogs, cussing people out, going in on people. Um, one of which was a, uh, blogger, um, 
by the name of Larry Reed. He went on his Facebook Live, cussing him out, calling him a faggot. And then there was this other prophetess. She was on the on the live too. Her name is um, Genesis, uh, Prophetess Genesis. And he was calling her um, Miss Piggy, just just going in on them, you know. And he was accusing them of laughing at his wife and his children um, being held up at gunpoint when nobody was laughing at at him at, at that because you couldn't even really see that on the camera. So nobody was laughing at that situation they were laughing at how this looks staged and just laughing at you you have all this money you you taking in all this money but yet your church looking the way it looks they said the church was looking real ghetto real cheap real cheesy and it's just like your parishioners don't deserve more like they're paying all their tithes and you have all this money and all this this jewelry and you have all these vehicles and stuff but you can't even have a nice place of worship for these people you know what i mean it was it was just so many questionable things that were taking place and the way that he has been carrying himself people just pretty much told him that he's a joke pretty much it sounds like a knockoff creflo dollar yeah without the uh <laughs> without the jet i was gonna say god isn't in that house anymore it doesn't no, sound like he's not no yeah. very extravagant yes yeah. Just when you mentioned tidings, I'm like, when people give to the church, it kind of, I kind of can guess where it's probably going. <laughs> I mean, no, no those humility co- whatsoever in this so-called and, bishop. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Also, I guess he's uh, also very buddy buddy with the current New York City Mayor Eric Adams. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's just it's sad. I, I really think that um, the FBI really needs to look into this because I just, something's just not adding up to me. Yes. And it's just like, this guy gives me, I hate to say this. He, he reminds me of Puff Daddy. Like he reminds me of a religious (laughs) Puff Daddy. And you know how Puff Daddy swindled his way to the top and screwed over a lot of his um, artists and stuff like that. And this guy just gives me the same vibes. He's very materialistic. You from, you too much, you, you you out here in these streets, and the the sad part about it is, and this is what pisses me off, you have a lot of these people that are taking up for these people, these church-minded people that are taking up for this man's shenanigans. And I hate to say this, this is why, and I can speak because this is my community, but this is why the black community stays losing because we allow these pimp preachers from the pulpit to manipulate and extrapolate all this wealth while not giving anything back to the community. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Like, I talked about this in the last podcast when I did with C, um, when we did the um, Urban Wire, where it doesn't make sense that these pastors are driving vehicles that are worth more than your house. Um, you, You don't even have a vehicle. You taking a bus to church. You can't even afford, and those that have a vehicle... You can't even afford to put gas in your car. Your children don't have food to eat, and, and, and they're making you feel guilty and making you choose between paying your rent and paying them $1,000, a.k.a. Juanita Bynum. And it's just it's just sick that we are still allowing this to happen. And, and you know, and, and a lot of these preachers know that their time is winding down because a lot of people are waking up due to the pandemic. They saw a lot of these people for what they were. Yep. 
but you still have people that are still caught up in the matrix. They are still caught up in this 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 false sense of security and and placing their trust in these kind of artists and these swindlers. You know what I mean? So it's it's just sad, man. I just wanted to bring it up because it's it's really pathetic that uh, these people still have this this sense of entitlement to your money, your hard earned money, you know. And it's just I I don't know. I I just I don't I don't know what to say. I just it's just it's just crazy. It's just the fact that how psychology it it's so powerful when it's used by the wrong people mm. for nefarious reasons, right? And how um, a lot of people use the fear of God to justify them, their parishioners um, giving more money when their lives are um, in the gutter and they see their pastor who's, you know, living it up in a very nice Cadillac in a very nice house, you know, gold rings, very nice clothes, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And, it's um, it's really disturbing, um, and hopefully more people will see them for what they are. And as to your point, that you know the pandemic has really exposed a lot of these false prophets, so to speak. Um, and <laughs> hopefully the the IRS will start cracking down on uh, on some of these people. Yeah. Sometimes God is used as a terrible weapon, not a not a tool for uh, you know, positive uplifting all the time. It's it's sad. It is. And it's it's not just money, it's politics. It's Oh yeah. against Indeed. LGBT, against abortion, against and it's you know, they they're they these people think that they're doing good when they're 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 dragging the the real word of God through the mud. Yeah, and I, I mean, I don't, I don't view myself as like a, a strict religious person. I'm, I'm a spiritual to a sense, and I appreciate the idea of God, but it's just like it's, it's. I see too much negativity. Too, yeah. it's yeah, it's sad. And it's, and it's sad too that religion is all has always been used as a um, tool of oppression. Yes, against mm-hmm. uh, black people. Women, um, people that are gay, transgender, like lesbian, like it's just it's always been a tool to oppress people that aren't in the upper echelon of society, and I just feel that uh, people are tired of that, and I feel like this is a country that is not supposed to be based on church and state. Mm-hmm. Why are there so many politicians that are trying to impose? their religious views or their will upon other people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are, they're all wearing blindfolds to the reality of the results of these actions yes. that they're taking. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's about it. I don't know if you guys have anything to add. Um, we're right up on the um, one hour and 59 minute mark. So oh, we're nice. right at two hours. So, all right. Yeah. I think I got I got a lot off my chest. What about you? <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's definitely a release. Definitely. I, I yes. think we've uh, we've accomplished a lot. I feel good. I feel today. really good. Yeah. Do we have any other questions posted? Did anybody any um, of our viewers? Or? I will say that um, we did have 
um, several people that tuned in. Um, we didn't really have any more comments, but um, well, let me anybody see. Anybody wants to post something? I, I love healthy discussion, even if I it's do just too. for a few minutes response to something. Yeah. But I think that's that would be um, about it. Um, we had Miss Sarah Highball, Brad Robbins, and I can't. Um, I just went out and came back in. I missed the other people that tuned in. There was a couple other people, but I can't uh, pull their names up right now. But I just want to thank everybody that um, tuned in tonight. Um, yes, I want to thank you for your support. Yes. We have some good things coming up. We're trying to restructure and rebrand. But um, you're always welcome to join us on our podcast um, check us out on our Facebook group page under the Urban Wire Media Network where you can join us for updates. Um, we're going to have like different engage engagement type of things where you can um, reply to different questions we're going to put out there. Maybe your, your comment will be featured on the next upcoming program. So we're going to do more engagement with our followers. Um, we do have our actual uh, Facebook page as well. So you can um, join that like that. Um, our podcast is available on most streaming platforms. So, um, our newest platform that we're on, we're on Amazon music and audible. So oh, nice. we're, we're happy about that. We're on Spotify, tune in, iHeart, um, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Stitcher, um, just several platforms. So we are going to definitely be taking this platform to the next level um i'm in talks with some other people so hopefully you will see some great things coming up in the upcoming months as you see we got some new equipment you yes. know what i'm saying we're trying to move up we're trying to do some things so um, i didn't know if you guys had anything else to say before we get out of here i love these upgrades yes <laughs> Yeah. Well, I, I just want to say, uh, this is my second time on this show. I love coming on. So if you've got, I mean, love keep inviting you. me back. Keep bringing me back. <laughs> I love I love talking, getting a healthy discussion. And so I, I have a lot of fun with you guys. So. All right. <laughs> well, I think that's about it. Um, yeah. Uh, and also, I forgot to mention, subscribe to our YouTube channel at www.youtube.com forward slash UCOFW. We're... Inching closer to the 2,000. Um, we almost have 2,000 subscribers. So, yeah, just keep on supporting us. And um, you can support our platform by cash apping us at dollar sign Urban Wire. And that's um, U-R-B-A-N, um, W-I-R-E. And I believe that's about it. So, until next time, y- y'all be safe out there. Yes. Um, just look out for one another, you know, take your health serious, take not even just your physical health, but your mental health. Cause yes. I think a lot of times we don't, um, think about that, you know, and that's something I really plan on doing in the future talking about mental health, because I think that's something that, um, especially people in the LGBT community, we, we don't really discuss that. So it's always about physical health, but we have a lot of things that are going on mentally that, we need to address as well. So we're going to talk more about that. And um, until next time, we'll, we'll see. That's right. Yeah. All right.